Everybody, welcome into the Letterman Lounge. This is Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters, which is a fun, casual joint. I am Austin Ward. Look at these superstars we got in this week. Oh, Cardale Jones. These two. Zach Bourne. These back. two. We back, man. Everybody's MVP, wondering where, where the hell MVP. Zach Bourne is. <laughs> I need an invitation to come back. <laughs> yeah. Berm, yeah. you know how it is, man. No, I don't. It's <laughs> an open invitation. We sent a message guys, out to C-Suite. We got it. Where's Evan? Where's Evan Spencer? Where's Zach Bourne? Zach, this guy's too busy planning a wedding, guys. Give him a break. No, he's got a lot on his plate. He's a busy man. Good for you, though. He is engaged. Congratulations. Yeah, sorry, all Letterman Row subscribers. <laughs> Apologize. Yeah, we'll, off, we'll, we'll slow his life table. down for you guys. And yeah. whatever that uh, yeah. the Buckeye trying to find love. That, yeah, uh, I haven't looked at the Letterman Row demographic of women ages like 25 <laughs> to 35. I'm guessing it's pretty high, so I apologize they, to all of them. Either way, time to stop looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They love Buckeye Q, Zach. They're, just, they're, they're learning so much yeah. about defense. They want to see you on that, and then they just drink yep. it. And I just More like Buckeye cute, am I right? <laughs> oh, oh right. Jesus. We are rolling that's right away. That's it for me, folks. And by the way, that's Berm. You already know him. So uh, 10 days away, guys, yeah. season opener. I guess the, the time frame now is you're out of training camp mode and you start getting into game prep. What does that mean? What, what's going on right now as you get into this final home stretch of camp? Well, I think first off, you finally get your body back. Right. You know, going through camp, you're um, they try and wear you down because over a season, we know, uh, heck, now you know, 13, 14 week season, it takes a lot. It, t- it takes a big toll. So right now is where you're getting your body in shape from getting the bumps and bruises day after day to now it's more spaced out. Um, and I know f- from us, it was just excited that you're done, you know, fighting one another and going against one another and banging heads all day. And now you finally get to look at some fresh blood on film, get to uh, read a scouting report against some guys and finally start game planning for actually when it's live bullets yeah i mean just when you're in camp you're just so sick of hitting the same people like i mean it was just so exciting because we were that close you know and, and i think evidence of this is like cj stroud starting to take some practices where he's not throwing as much and like is that evidence of anything well no it's just camp generally sucks and you take a ton of reps but at the end of the day we got to get those reps in so we understand what we're going to get out of the guys once you know the bullets really start flying out on the football field but you know it's that you know how do we still get production um improve our team on our weaknesses but like take the gas pedal off just a bit because you know we're gonna have an earlier game than most everybody else so you know again how are we as sharp as we can be on thursday yeah you get to a point where you want to start developing that routine that routine you're going to have you know it's going to carry you 12 13 weeks into the season and uh got one thing these guys don't understand and uh especially a guy like cj is going to be his first time starting um you are you will never be this sore again after week one. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> You'll never be this sore again after week one because, I mean, you can simulate practice all you want, but there's no real live simulation for going out there and playing against another team and guy trying to drive you into the ground. And another thing you look at that is just, like like Zach said, just the, the reps of being able to go out there and go and get someone else. Now, you get to a point in camp and during the season when you're going against your guys, they've been going against each other since pretty much – January, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready for spring ball. And uh, you get to a point where you, you defense is making a check, and you know what the check is. And you kind of <laughs> yeah. start cheating the right, plays right, a little right, bit. Right. And then, you know, by a certain split, uh, the DB probably yeah. lining up inside or outside the receiver because he knows he's doing a certain right. route. And I know plenty of fights broke out in 100%. camp and uh, in practice because of stuff like that. You just get tired of – you get used to seeing your guys, and I know they're tired of that. And it's good to see and watch Minnesota on film this week. There's only so much trash you can talk to Christian Bryant. Exactly. You know? exactly. There's only so 
much there? you can say. Exactly. Is there a limit? Oh, exactly. Man, he is unlimited. He doesn't have a bias. That's what I'm about to say. There's no limit there. You can say, you know, and I think from from these guys, not to keep on going with it, but so many people, I think now that we're out and about. Everyone wants to say, what was it like, right? They're like mindset. What was it like? And so the best thing I can say from a training camp standpoint is imagine not going to the gym for a month or two months. Okay, and let, you, me th- let me think if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. it. Okay, got yeah. it. Imagine not going to the gym for a while, and then you go to a gym and get a workout in. How do you feel after that, right? It's like, hey, I used to do this, but now that I took a month off, I go back to him like, man, I'm really sore. You don't take After you go to the gym three times this week, three times next, next week, finally you're not as sore the next day, right? And so I think that's what training camp's like. You haven't taken hits like that. You haven't, even inside drill is different in training camp than it is in spring ball, so much, right? And Because during spring ball, you're still doing a lot of progression in your training. And once you get to training camp, it's like, hey, we've trained you all year. Now it's go time. So now it's training your body to take those bumps and bruises. And so those first couple days of training camp just suck. Then it starts going into those weeks where it's like, hey, the more hits I take, the less sore I am the following day. And finally, you're in a point where your body's like, hey, I'm ready to go. You know, the the hits that I take, I'm I'm ready. You know, give me to that first game. How different is preparing for a season opener versus a, a regular game in the middle of the, of the middle of the season? Like, do you have more time? The time Obviously, is, you have yeah. like it's more like a bye week, right, where you have an off week and you can prepare. But the, the, how much of the yeah. tape would they be watching? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say watching as much because still correct and trying to uh, iron out some things and your own system and your own team. But you still have those periods. Like I remember Evan, when we mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen we lost to Tech. Then the following year, 2015, we had them home opener at their house. And during camp, we always had a tech period that we would practice that five to seven minutes for what they was going to do on offense and versus what they were going to do on defense. So they still have a lot of time to prepare, and they still have been preparing for Minnesota. You know, a tad bitch. A tad bit. Golly, a tad bit. <laughs> <laughs> a tad bit Don't at a time during camp. But, um, yeah, so it's more time because during the season, things are going to flip over like that. Yeah, I'll like, say – To oh, so build off of that, just like the Navy game. Like think about like all of yeah. the different things that the defense had to do to prepare for that. So, like there are nuances, but at the same time, like install still gets installed on day one. Like day one installs that day. Day two's installs that day. And you're not really watching much Minnesota during those installs because you got to make sure you know the offense first. And then it just starts to shift. Obviously yeah. because with the season opener, you don't know yeah. exactly who the personnel is going to well, be. But – Last year is such a wash that it's hard to even wonder if it has any value at all. Well, that's why I was going to say I hated season openers. Just hated them. And just because you don't know what to expect. When I'm watching film and I loved watching film, I wanted to know exactly who I was going up against. I wanted to know exactly what they were running. And there were times I remember, you know, you're playing the season opener – and when I was on offense, the defensive coordinators knew that year and came from Baylor. And you're watching Baylor's yeah, defense trying to think <laughs> like, terrible. okay, yeah. this is what their defense coach is going to run. Granted, you're not playing Baylor. You're you're not lining playing up against any of those yeah, guys. Right. Yeah. You're watching the system. And so I hated week one because you're not watching the guys that you're going up against. You're not watching their schemes. You've got no idea what they're going to come out, come out in. It's the unknown. And so once you get to week two, it's like, okay, now we've got – real game film to watch, right? And granted, a lot of times during the season, you start watching two, three, four games leading up to that game. But at least if you've got one game from that season against that personnel showing what they're doing, you can at least react to it and do some studying. Cardell, Evan brought this up with last week about some of the lighter load management for C.J. Stroud. The open practice that Berman and I got to go see, the only one that was completely open for the media, C.J. Stroud threw, I think, two balls the entire afternoon. I think that probably was a foreign concept when you were in school. You're just going through training camp grind. You're going to throw every day. Mm. Maybe you saw that a little bit more at the next level with NFL passers backing off a day 
what did you think or what did you make of a day, day or two where the starting quarterback doesn't have to go throw? It's or, a, or it's, doesn't throw? It's a double-edged sword. You can look at it as that way of resting him, maybe a, a nagging injury that you know Ryan didn't want to release to the media. Yeah. Or let's get our tailback some work. Because we got four really good ones, and we need to find one that I think we all know who it's going to be, that we're going to roll out there in the first versus Minnesota Thursday night. I'm like, this is our guy. But you're still going to have three more guys that's more than capable enough. So maybe that day was just a day to to see which one of those tailbacks are really going to, to take the lead and be like, hey, this is my team, and you know I'm going to be the starter. Who do you think it's going to be? <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, so I think it's going to be my end. But think about this. Like, I mean, there's <laughs> days where we have, like, you know, first and second down emphasis. And, and, and what we're doing is, you know, we're going to grind out all of our stretch runs, all of our RPOs, and then, like, you know, receivers will get some love on the inside because we'll, you know, we'll pull a couple to keep the defense honest. And <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say coaches are very intentful on making those days when there's a lot of cameras around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, of course, the irony here is that yeah. that was the Big Ten Network's right. media day. They're big, you know, we're traveling all around, and then they get to Ohio State, and you see Jerry Nar- yeah. Jerry. Denardo out there. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we can't watch the quarterback. Beats, yeah, Beats right. yeah, and, and, your, and your podcast co-host yeah, is just coming yeah, out, by the way. Yeah, what's, yeah. It, what's that called? It's called Glory Days Podcast. Glory Days. That's coming out. Well, Hard Dreams and Nightmares time. is our series, but the Glory Days is a company. And it's next, or it's actually this Wednesday. So. This Wednesday, that's coming yeah. out. Well, we can talk more about that. But So Joshua Perry's out there, and he's like, oh, well, there's no hitting going on. I, what are we, <laughs> we're right. going on this BTN tour and go to this school, and they don't hit. They don't have pads on. Like, well, they're not making the schedule for you. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. They're not yeah, exactly. The day that BTN comes in, you're probably not going to have a full contact scrimmage. No doubt. Yep. No doubt. And, but I so think that like a lot of go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say like, it, the world has changed a lot too in terms of what practice looked like even since when we were playing. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just remembering the the sirens and the people beating down our doors in camp and then like, oh my gosh, I got two practices a day. And that's not out the question, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, it's just it's it looks different, but yeah, no. We well, even training camp was 4 weeks well, back yeah, when back right. when I was in I mean, it mm-hmm. was 4 weeks. I know it kind of changed towards the end of my college career, but when I started college, man, it was every bit of 4 weeks and there were I think at that point, eight two-a-days, you know, eight yeah. days where you were allowed two-a-days, and it was full pad two-a-days, you know? It wasn't <laughs> yeah. no walk The second practice was so yeah. serious. Yeah, but, hey, man, the, the times have changed, too. If I would have ever seen a quarterback get an off day, I'm like, man, you aren't even getting right. hit right now in training camp. <laughs> Why the hell do you need an off yeah, day? What are you give it to the linebackers, the linemen. You know, yeah. give it to some of those guys, yeah. man. Those are the guys who want the off day. Yeah, but going back to hitting on some of the things where you got the media in and the Big Ten number and stuff like that, I mean, as a quarterback, things that I've done, and I got this actually from – my coach at the time, Tom Herman, he would go back, and this was more this was more prevalent on the NFL level because you can hear a lot of things on a TV copy. I would go back and watch TV copies and listen to everything to try to pick up on little, like little from nuggets. the announcers. Yeah, not just no, not from announcers because you hear the players talking. Okay, yeah. maybe a check, yeah. or maybe something like anything. And I know another thing we should do also with the Big Ten Network. We used to focus on because they used to do the. Uh, because they followed us one year. They yeah. came into, like, the it was journey. like the hard yeah, nights. Yeah, yeah, the journey. journey I remember. I used to watch all of them and see which players was balling and see, I can yeah. get some signals and all stuff like that. And that stuff used to come back, literally. Used to hey, come that's back just playing ball, man. Game. Seriously, no, no. playing ball. Yeah, so Ryan Day keeping, you know. You keep, start hearing, yeah, <laughs> you start hearing balls. like yeah, uh, right. Alabama and stuff like that. You're like, what's that mean, right? Exactly. A, a lot of people, a lot of people like Eastern United States, so it's right. A lot of people like it's got an L in it, so it's to the left. Exactly. You don't even right. know, exactly. right? Little stuff like that, man. It helps you, it helps your job. As a quarterback who's a redshirt freshman quarterback, I mean, is that different? Is that a is that a red flag? Is that an alert in your in your mind? Going okay, it's nine days into camp and he needs a day off. Um, 
Not really. I mean, it's all I mean, about. It shouldn't be, but I just want to make sure. JT was registered sure. quarterback when he when 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 we said, "All right, dude, it, you know, you got us, right?" Officially, whatever, whatever. He was still a registered quarterback. I mean, hadn't even thrown really many balls with a jersey on at that point. So, I mean, like, yeah, JT had never thrown a college pass before. There you go. So it's it, it's just load management, man. Yeah. There's so much that has happened all throughout the off season, you know, spring ball included, um, team runs, and all this other stuff, to where they know, okay. You know, we, we know how this guy's going to perform under pressure, right? Like, you know, cameras are here, reporters are here. Let's just make sure that they see, you know, this this depth and, you know, breadth of talent that we have. Yeah. Well, what, what you – Some of the things that we used to do, and, it, and it's, it's big now because I see the guys running with it uh, when they're doing team runs and conditioning. What is that system called, a catalyst? Uh, where they put those Yeah, where they, where they check you, or you, all your vitals and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know we used to get a lot of receivers, a lot of work. A guy like Devin Smith yeah, yeah, who yeah. was on – was our, you know, top deep ball receiver, and he was on a – Punt, punt, right? It was a heart rate. He was a gunner. Yeah, yeah, he was a gunner. gunner, So um, some of the things that we would do would manage his load because, hey, well, today he did this. Or yesterday he – Exactly. And maybe that's one of the things with CJ that day. What you hope hope is that CJ Stroud had a really good practice the day before and hopefully Ryan's like, okay – you took a step. Now we need to figure out who the second team guy is, right? And then maybe they're like, okay, here, we're giving all the reps to these two guys. CJ, yeah. you had a hell of a practice. Mm-hmm. You know, today's more of a mental day. Hopefully it was something along those lines. But and the reason I, I don't bring it up as a cause for concern and was presenting it as like this load manager was that he played in the scrimmage mm-hmm. two days after that and graded as a champion. The next day, Ryan Day named him the starting quarterback for the Minnesota game. So yeah. you're not you could be going to that length if they're actually concerned about his elbow or shoulder or, or whatever else yeah. with the throwing yeah. motion. So, yeah. And I think that that part probably uh, – we talked to Cardale a couple of weeks ago about 2015 and then getting tapped on the helmet. The fact that Ryan Day – that was an unscheduled press conference on Saturday. Come into the Woody. I'm going to tell you who the starting quarterback yeah. is. I'm sure Cardale's like, thank you. That's probably the way to handle that. <laughs> I have an alternate theory. Uh-huh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's hear it. Here's my theory. My, I believe that Ryan Day, obviously, last Monday, had said that CJ had begun separating himself. and w- At that point, we all knew he was going to be the starter. And I think that maybe what he was doing with Wednesday and Thursday, giving CJ the days off, was being intentional about finding out who the number two guy is going to mm-hmm. be. And that's, that's really what I think. So what Zach about. just said. So what I said was right. What was so you, oh, is it your mind? So that sounded like so you agree with that. This was my idea. So you agree with Burm, that. I like it. We didn't yeah. talk before this, <laughs> no. but I'm glad we're on the same, same page. page. Thank <laughs> you. Sounds great. You come yeah. in here and he's trying to take credit for your ideas. Okay. I also, guys, I'm creating a business. A trash pickup business. Yeah. Really? Thinking about doing it with my brothers. You should try it. The Berm Brothers? Yeah. That's what it's going to be called, actually. So, do you have like a picture of yourself, like standing over Bernard Robinson or Devin Gardner, whoever? If it is? we get like a hundred people story. to comment on this, we will take this picture. I have a photo <laughs> that I took in the 2012 Ohio State Michigan game that I oh. took from the sideline. It's Who won that game? Uh, Ohio State did. It was one of the Ohio State linebackers. He just hit a quarterback for Michigan, and he uh-huh. was like standing over. Was it Ryan Shazier? I took that photo <laughs> and I photoshopped my face into the helmet. On it. Okay, so you're going to use that as the logo yep. for Berm Brothers Trash. Correct. I, I, I remember you and walked nice. through that yes. before that I game. I had a yeah, really good. good day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Really good morning. Pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you ate your Wheaties that morning. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also play fullback before that? Uh, I can't comment on that. Yeah, he, <laughs> well, that's exclusive information. Like that's too far. <laughs> you guys are sharing a lot of uh, the same brain right now. It looks like Zoinks. Appetizer Tuesday yeah. is going to be mozzarella sticks. You need to come into Roosters. Yeah, Some of the just, best just right here. Crazy. Pretty cheesy. $2 on Tuesday. Make sure that you get that. Uh, captains also were, were voted on on Saturday, or they were announced on Saturday. Uh, you got six of them, three on offense, three on defense. 
when you have a ballot, I know a couple of you guys might know what it's like to be named a captain, but when you're sitting there and they give you that, I don't know how that process all works out. They're counting it up, the team votes on who they are. Do you know in your mind, like, this guy has to be a captain? What does it take to earn your vote? Like, how does that process work? You usually – so when we did it, every year I, every year I was at, um, I had one vote um, as a captain, and it was uh, – I voted for myself. But anyway, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you, you usually will have that one guy that's a shocker, yep. right? That's like, right. oh, man, yeah, you're right. You, he was named like, dang, you look back at his offseason, you look back at the time he put in, you're like, man, yeah, he deserves to be a captain. But the other ones are usually a lock. Okay. It's uh, – I mean, you – of 365 days a year, you spend, what, 345 yeah, of them, right, right? Mm-hmm. with all, all the guys in that locker room. So, I mean, you are a tight-knit family. It's like going to Thanksgiving dinner and knowing who's going to be talking loudly, who's going to have crazy stories. You just kind of <laughs> know, right? And so, like Cardell said, you knew going in there who the captains were going to be. You would see it in the off-season workouts. You just knew who kind of everyone was like, hey, I want that guy representing us. Granted, there was always a shocker, and it, normally it would be a guy that the, I think would get some votes, and the coaches were like, you want to know something? This guy got some votes. He deserves it. He's kind of that guy that, hey, we're going to show all these other guys. You don't have to be the star player. You don't have to exactly. be a starter. You can be the special teams guy. You can be this guy, and I think they do that to send a message to the other, call it 65 guys on the team that don't have a, a kind of a so, role playing. So who shocked you in 2012 then? Um, so a guy that shocked me in 2012 was Garrett Goble, right? He was defense alignment. Granted, he started, but wasn't very outspoken, was kind of the guy who wouldn't really say anything. He was a guy who just showed up and went to work, you know? I mean, I think going into that year, and this isn't me touting my own horn, but I think everyone kind of knew myself, Johnny, and 18 Sabina were going to be the three captains. Right. Like, we knew that, and then... At that point, we probably knew there weren't going to be more than four just because of the weird year, the dynamic it was. We had a small senior class. Um, but, yeah, when Garrett Goble, you could even looked at like a junior or even a sophomore yeah, right. as possibly being a captain. But when they voted Garrett Goble, you're like, okay, guy gets it, right? He's a hardworking guy. He's not going to say anything. He plays nose guard down in the trenches. He's a guy in practice on Tuesday practice. It's going to give it, it all, give it his all. He's just yeah. That sends a message. I think when Urban even announced him as a captain, I think he messed up his name. Like <laughs> he probably did. Like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like you know, the thing, thing, thing about a, Gary, yeah. thing about like a team run, right, where we don't hit our time or we're getting you know uh, cussed out or something, and we get back there. Like the the first people that's you know not like cracking jokes those are important, but like the first team building moments like said from an individual like all of the players feel who those folks are right like so if it is like a a continuum into the locker room like hey you guys need to get your shit together or whatever you see who those folks are who are going to come up and say that so it's like you know the the players are asked to vote for a reason and you know generally it's not going to be that surprise but uh messages need to be sent too okay so those guys who are getting the Buckeyes going Burham are there Munford that was uh, about as no-brainer as you could possibly have. Yes. Yep. Chris Olave. Also. Yep, uh, no-brainer. I'm going to skip the one who was the biggest surprise so you can save your, your analysis for the end. But sure. Zach Harrison was a little bit uh, unexpected, even though he's had this whole year where they're talking about his improved leadership. And you know, Zach and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, just waiting for him to take the next step on and off the field. Well, he's voted a captain, so that must be working in the locker yep. room. Um, where am I? Taraja Mitchell. Uh, at linebacker, so that's maybe one mm-hmm. guy that we can pencil into the starting lineup. And then Haskell Garrett, uh, pretty much another no-brainer from what he dealt with going through the adversity and fighting back. And then Cameron Babb, so somebody who's played maybe 30 career snaps or so in his in his career at Ohio State. And doesn't have a catch yet. Doesn't have a catch, and 
as uh, he's going to graduate know, with four seven, years of eligibility. Seventeen ACL <laughs> injuries. <laughs> Jeez. Gets gets the captain nod as number six. So if you're talking about somebody that we wouldn't have said, <clears throat> here's going to be in the six. Cam Babb is that guy for well, this. Well, I class. think that he that's a surprise, not because of what Cam Babb is to the locker room or because of the work he's put in, but because it means guys like Master Teague and Jeremy Ruckert weren't captains and. You know, Cameron, when we were there through the summer at the recruiting camps, you'd see him. He was always there. I mean, the guy knew he wasn't going to play this season. He was always the last guy out there working on on Jug's machine, always guy out there organizing other players. C.J. Stroud said that he was the best receiver on the football team. I mean, this season, when this summer when we were talking, C.J. said that's the best receiver on our team, and that's uh, a testament to a guy that, like I said, doesn't have a career catch yet. And, and the work that he's put in, the injury after injury after injury, he's still – the first guy in the locker room, first guy in the weight room, the hardest worker in the weight room, and and I, you know you guys know this better than anyone. You get those guys that just inspire you, even, right. though, even though they're not out there in the sixty minutes, you know, between right. the whistles. Right. Well, I mean, think about that. Like at the end of the day, like you can come in and say, "All right, well, this Tuesday sucks. I don't want to go do this practice." But like you, you think you're the first person in the offense, you know, and, and Cameron's already beat you there. Cameron's already got his you know warm up, and he's and he's icing down with the trainers, so you know he's been here for an hour or so already. So you just start to think about like that mentality of somebody who's young, who we may need against Penn State and what week, whatever, right? You know, imprinting those thoughts as, hey guys, this is the standard. And, you know, whether it is through naming folks like captains or just other things, is so important to team building because you got young guys who, you know, you can screw them to the blue in their face. They just got to go see their boys do it or put themselves out there, and then it just starts to be. Right. Um, a little bit more understanding. And that's the point you bring up. I mean, this Tuesday sucks. Right. It sucks way worse for Cam Babb. Right. His season's over. Right. Right. He hasn't played in three years because of three consecutive ACL injuries. Like, hit that his Tuesday sucks way more than yours. Correct. <laughs> but he's out there, still first guy in, still first last guy out, still working harder than anyone else. And that kind of leadership it doesn't get displayed on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, but, like, throughout the entire week, when you see guys like Johnny Dixon, what he's gone through in the last few years, uh, and, and now you see these younger receivers that have been dealing with adversity, the Julian Flemings, et cetera. Like, you look to those guys and say, okay, yep. if he can do this, if he can put up with everything he's put up with in the last <clears> five years. He's had, since his sophomore year of high school, has had four seasons ended with injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's insane. Well, I just put it to you this way. Like, football. And he's still in, back, you will he's still be in better pre- shape of anybody in that building. I believe look it. At him, he's but, like, rock. you will be presented <laughs> with an adverse situation. It is 100% certain, whether it's, like, physical or mental or you're not getting, the, you know, whatever you need. And that dealing with that adversity is, you know, the teams who can deal with that adversity the best are the ones who are champions at the end of the year, right? So it's just like, okay, he can't play, but how does he make Chris Olave better? How does he make Julian Fleming better? How does he make a DB better who's just trying to learn about what this release is actually trying to do? Like, that's huge for winning football games. And I think you can say the same for Taraja Mitchell, right? This is a guy who is going into his fourth year, has never started, hasn't started. He's been sitting behind three really good linebackers, in my opinion, for the past couple of years. And I think that also sends a message that we all know Taraja Mitchell can bring the wood. The dude can hit. It sends a message to the other guys like, hey, now with kind of the new rules of I can transfer whenever I want, you stay here, you put in your time, you grind during uh, practices on Tuesday, you give uh, the, the first team offense and in, in his perspective the best look that you can get, and if you stay here, you're going to become a starter at some point, things are going to pay off. Uh, it's almost good, I can't believe I'm quoting this guy, but the great Bo Schimbeckler, right? Uh, up in up the team up north, they always say those who stay will be champions. It's kind of like that with Taraja Mitchell here. He stayed here, he put in the work, he didn't leave, didn't transfer. You've seen kind of his time 
it's now, right, right, after sitting behind those guys. And so they're like, hey, Taraja, you've been giving it your all. You're a vocal dude. You're a leader. You're a captain. You're a middle linebacker. They probably really shouldn't be able to use that slogan up north anymore. I know. Shouldn't they shouldn't, doesn't right? It really, <laughs> doesn't it really only apply here where every class is winning multiple Big Ten champions? Mm, yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them have it just for – for those who but stay, it's not accurate. Sake. It isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Those who stay will get a degree. Those, those, <laughs> those who stay, stay will be champions. One that's day not guaranteed somewhere. either. <laughs> yeah, right. Those who stay will be champions. Those one day stay. somewhere might not be here, but yeah, right. some way somehow, those who maybe stay will have stayed. Does it work yes. the other way? Uh, if we look at Jeremy Ruckert or Master Teague not being captains, does that matter at all? Or is there anything you glean from? Well, that? I mean, look at my situation. I wasn't named a captain going into our our whole season, and you know, I just think that there's. Everybody makes decisions in football, especially in college football when you're starting to run out of time, right? Like, wh what's going to be your legacy and how are you going to go out? Not everybody can be captains. I mean, how many captains do they have the last couple of years? Like 10 or 15 or something like that? But <laughs> anyways, so since that's the case, right, like, to hell with it, bro. Like, at the end of the day, go play ball. Like, because that's what the job is to do. Now, if you're leading people, if you're going out there and, you know, you're, you're physical when you need to be and you're being a mentor when you need to be as well, like, coaches pay attention. And whether it's you get named captain at the end of the year or it's you know you just having some accolade or getting more playing time like that is the reason so if it's you know cam like we're talking about who's not gonna get any playing time or you know chris who's made all the plays in the world like it's just all about getting guys to be motivated and and being their best self i was never big on like you know i didn't go out each year he's just like oh i want to be the captain i want right. to be the guy this year because yeah. at the end of the day it's a team sport and long as my guys knew that when i'm out there i'm gonna give them my all i really didn't care about individual accolades being a captain, being, you know, QB1, being uh, the guy that's doing all that stuff. As long as my guys know when I'm on that field, each and every play, I'm giving them my all, I'm good. And let me just say, if, if a guy gets upset that he wasn't named a captain or he gets salty about it, then that's just more validation <laughs> as to why he wasn't named a captain. Correct. <laughs> right. Potentially, yeah. That's a right. good point. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Score one up for Berm. He actually, that's an original Berm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because that guy yep. was a captain. Let me start so. checking my notes here. See if you <laughs> Score one for him. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to eat some mozzarella sticks. Get ready for Appetizer Tuesday. We're going to be right back with more Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge, second half of Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters coming at you right now. So we've got 10 days to go until the road trip up to Minnesota. We know who the starting quarterback is going to be. What questions still loom for this team? Cardell, if you if you have a, a lingering concern for the Buckeyes, where is it? I wouldn't call it a lingering concern because there's depth around the field and all around the team. Um, but I say, who's going to be our starting running back? You said you knew. You already told us. You said you knew. I can't spill the beans. <laughs> okay. I got to keep it. I got to have a, a little mystery. Right, you don't, me. But, yeah, I think that's the next thing. Um, and overall of how – Who's the backup running back, too? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> killing me here. Right, now, just give us the depth chart. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are killing me here. Um, I think that um, the, the, my next biggest concern is, is how we're going to play on the back end. Because we look at the team from last year, that's what we, I think we really struggled as a – as a defense, is a, you know our back four, and um, I'm just excited to see it because we got a lot of guys, a lot of talent, and a lot of young guys that's hungry. So we'll see. I can't believe Cordell doesn't want to talk about 
the running backs more specifically. Like, I know, right? We're not, uh, we're not hiding hey, we'll, anything. We'll, we'll, like, we'll post his uh, you know Excel thing. file with the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, Berm, the, I've seen Mayan Williams taking a lot of first team carries. I'm not sure that that I'm spilling any beans right here. You must know uh, something. Never know. know. Yeah, <laughs> never he know. Must know something. Um, <laughs> Maybe I, that might change by week three or four with Travion Anderson, yeah. but we'll see. I don't. I don't disagree with Cardell. Um, my focus is more so on the back end, and not from a, a last year's disappointment in the way they played. My standpoint is there are so many dudes this year that have stood out so far in camp that can really play. It's what four or five are going to play, you know. And so many people talk about rotating guys, and if you've got seven dudes, you're rotating uh, seven guys within four or five spots in a game. I hate to say it, you don't want it. Even when right. you play, you want every snap. You don't want to be in the you know in the mindset of being in the middle of the action, taken out of it for you know twenty, thirty minutes, and then jumping right back into it. It's like during a game, you want to flow. You want to be in there. You want the intensity to always be on. You don't want that light switch to ever be off, no. and then go back on the field. And so, from my perspective, it's. What guys are they going to start relying on? What guys are the ones that are going to be a step up? And that's not saying whoever doesn't make the cut isn't good. It's that you just need to zero in on four to five guys who are taking every single snap for you. If there's an injury, if something happens, then guess what? Next man up. But there's got to be guys who, when there's a turnover, when, hey, we're starting the game and it's you know kickoff and defense is taking the field, what guys are running out on the field, and everyone around the, the defense wants that. You know, the right. defensive linemen, the linebackers, they want familiarity. Right. With the middle linebackers, it's a whole new group. You need to be able to look back behind you, know exactly who's behind you, and be on the same page with them. If you're switching stuff up, you're looking around and be like, damn, like, what's going on? You know, like, we're, we're messing up the flow of the game. Yeah, that consistency is huge, like he said. So secondary is it for me, and, and not because we don't have the talent, like Zach said, but it's because about, like, reps, right? Like, it, being in the secondary, you're so far away from your other member in the secondary that like so much is just on like I understand where you'll be. I I can't yell or scream at you right now, but I know you know where to get to, right? Or else you know, 80 yard touchdowns happen. You know what I'm saying? So I think that being able to get out there, fail a little bit together, but as a unit, like a small unit, and <clears throat> then just having the guys underneath them, sure they'll be slightly frustrated they're not in it, but then just going off of the standards that the that four or five set. You know, hey, we're you know, we're going to motion to cover three this way, and it's just because we are the dudes who said it. Now, everybody else underneath it, just go with it, right? But, like, that helps from understanding, like, you know, when it's hectic situation, like, all right, cool, you know, I'm good. I, I, I know my guy's there, especially when the layer in front of you, the linebackers, are new too. Yeah, the interesting part of that is, that, you know, Matt Barnes now, you know, leading the secondary more and let, letting Kerry Combs take the big picture view of the defense. You know, he talked on Monday, Burn, we were out there, and he's he's not sent, talking about four and five guys. He's saying six, seven, eight, nine, because we we want the versatility. We want to use, you know, this guy. You know, Cam Martinez is really doing really well in the slot, and mm. well, you know, Lathan Ransom doesn't have to play cover safety on every single down. Like, I wonder how much of that is training camp yeah, competition, camp <laughs> because as you guys all said, they have ten guys that can play. Mm. Right. They're all four and five star players. I don't know. I just I haven't heard anything that made makes me feel that they're narrowing it down. Mm to a rotation that will play every snap. And we already know that Kerry Combs, Combs is going to rotate a corner anyway. Well, that's where this Kerry kind of, you know, that's where his bread is buttered. I mean, that's what he always did back when the defense was the most successful. And I think he just sees it as why does that only have to be a corner? Why can't I do that at safety? If you have 10 guys that can play, play all 10 guys. I disagree with that concept at linebacker. I think that that's a spot where you need to have concrete players locked in and ready to go. 
Uh, I don't know that they have that. And to me, that is that is the concern. I've talked about it before. Just the, Who steps up there? Obviously, Taraja's going to get a lot of those snaps, but this team hasn't tackled anybody in a while, and I think that when you go out and play Minnesota, I don't know who they're running back. Lawrence Maroney, Marion Barber, who's their running back? Bo Ibrahim. Uh, Bo Ibrahim. That guy, he will bring the wood. There's <laughs> going to be a, a moment in that game that is a wake-up call for kids who haven't had to really hit anybody in, right. in a while. Uh, and we're going to find out if Taraji Mitchell likes to hit people yeah. because Lawrence Maroney or Marion Barber or Mo Ibrahim or whoever he is <laughs> yeah. is going to bring the hammer. And and I think that that to me is the thing. How how ready are these guys to be physical against another team? That Minnesota team has, I think, 158 seniors returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. So I, most of them are 40 years old. I think there's a <laughs> bunch of 40. <laughs> well, that's a, that's an old team, Berm. I think that would actually work so, to Ohio yeah. State's advantage. Well, I don't know if it would. But the one thing that I would just say is like the one thing that you can always count on with Ohio State is that like meeting in the hole when it comes to point of contact, that physicality is never a question. So like relying on that, not, and did then did you watch 2018 when Ohio State played? What we're, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> there were some questions. Not talking about the entirety it. of Fair. that. The entire yeah. question was linebacker. And, yeah. and I'm going. What was most recent last year, right? And if you're yeah. thinking about like what prevented us from being the best team as as we could have been, it was just a lack of production in the secondary, right? So like for me. It's like, hey, how can we find those concrete cats to make sure that is that is secured? Because well, I feel like I, that physical. I think it's because they back, have vaccination back to, now. Yeah, back to yeah, back to the question that we were talking about. <laughs> I compare the secondary very much to the wide receivers. Right? Is that secondary? There can be ten guys that play. We know how good Ohio State's wide receiving core is. Evan can attest this. He was a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah you, most of the time you've got three wide receivers on the field at one time, right? They say they rotate them. As a wide receiver, though, it doesn't matter if you're huffing and puffing. You want to be out there every snap. Yeah, there's times where, you know, like Devin Smith or even right. like you, you're taking the, you know, the back end off the defense. Yeah, sometimes you need breathers where you're out for a snap or two, but you can't take seven wide receivers and start rotating them throughout the entire game just because there's no familiarity with them. There's no familiarity with the quarterback, right? Like you start you start to see stuff in a game that makes you zero in, that starts giving you tips, like you yeah. talked about. Different things that you're just seeing, live bullets that you can't see on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the defense, yeah, maybe you can do some rotating, but you can't have seven, eight, nine guys, ten guys rotating in four to five spots. You just can't. It's impossible. So maybe you can have six guys rotating in four to five spots. There's got to be a cutoff. There's got to be a line in the sand, just like wide receiver. I think wide receiver, you the, your cutoff's almost five, right? You've got th- yeah. you rotate five guys throughout the game. Five. Number six, I'm sorry, it just is what it is. In the secondary, it's the same exact way. So, yeah, they say all these guys are going to be rotating. But guess what? When you start talking about Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, Court Williams, uh, Cam Martinez, uh, you start talking about all these safeties, it's like, where are they playing? You, it, there's no way you can keep on rotating them throughout the entire game. What, what's going to happen is, like Josh Proctor got in against Clemson in not this past year, two years ago. Guess what? Comes downhill, it has been on the sideline for a little while, and, and freaking Sunshine makes a move on him yeah. and goes, you know, 60 yards for a touchdown. But that's not on – yes, it's on Josh Proctor, but at the same time, if you are in find the game – a lot of blame on that. Okay, well, okay, really yes, I know. <laughs> but if you are in the game, what I'm saying is you're more apt to make those plays when right. the time comes. You guys are missing a point. I think the comments that <clears> – <throat> I forgot the – what is the coach name? The safeties the guys are Matt Barnes. Matthew Barnes. Matthew Barnes. I haven't been coached by him, so I don't really know. But anyway, <laughs> you guys are missing a point. He's giving you guys hints that they're going to play just like the Pac-12. Three down linemen – 
one linebacker, rest DBs. Seven DBs. Seven DBs. Three is a mean catch. We getting crazy. Three one seven. Yeah, Arizona Wildcats. Do he got some Arizona Wildcats in his history? I think like I think we're talking four two five most of the year. I was going to say most of the year. Spilling over to what you know. You are what Zach is talking leading about. us down the path there, Cardale. If you have more talent <laughs> at secondary, then maybe you do it linebacker, and the game is shifting more towards the use of that bullet or four two five. Yeah. That's you know play more defensive backs, you, and you'll know you have one confidence in one linebacker. Well, let Craig Young do that. Let Court Williams do that. Let Ronnie Hickman do that and play with five. It's just now, not seven. It's just called nickel, guys. That, oh, nick- yeah. nickel. What? I thought what? nickel. That's really it's a four two five. It's a ni- nickel five. <laughs> Oh, nickel. that's where they come up with the nickel term. Five. Yeah, nickel. <laughs> Look at the that. Nickel. God, don't yeah, you just, <laughs> just <laughs> learned that, bro? Instead of being four, <laughs> no. three. Wait, is, is, it, that, is a dime when there's ten defensive backs on the field? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I've learned something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no. It's great for me. Let me tell you, sure let me tell you why that. it's a dime. Let me tell you why. Because you got two nickels. Oh, my goodness. Now your mind is blown. <laughs> Look at that. I, I, I was going to drop wait, it on him, but I didn't want wait, to. You was about to drop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, was drop it. I didn't they want call to. it quarters, then? Are there five nickels? Oh, no. That's no, there are co- quarters is a coverage, that's bro. That's coverage. Oh. Okay. Quarters is a coverage. This Jesus has been the most educational. Wow, hey, quarters means you got four guys on one-fourth oh, of the field, like so it's four. Four quarters. Yeah, four yeah, quarters. Yeah. That's one of my greatest pet peeves in sports is when people are watching, like, hockey or something, and they say, oh, is this a quarter over? I'm like, you idiot. No idea. Uh, <laughs> well, they just had to teach you what a nickel was. So, oh my gosh, Becky. <laughs> yeah, four two five. Just out. Yeah. no, it's nickel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very informative, Letterman Live. Wow, we're learning so much. <laughs> Tell us about trash collection. No, it's okay. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. That's a different show. We could be here all day. Yeah, <laughs> I come here to get away from that for a second. Oh. You know, that's like that's where I live. Can you guys from a uh, try to put yourself in a current player? Mindset. Yeah. How crazy would it be going into this season with everything that happened last year, and then the Big Ten today comes out with their COVID protocol, say if any team misses a game, it's forfeited. There is no makeup. the The rules mm. and regulations are still being created as we go. Like, mm. are would you guys be like constantly worried about it that someone else on the team was going to get dinged for no There's, reason? Well, let's um, start with the fact that Ryan Day updated the number for Ohio State. These Fewer than ten people on that roster that aren't vaccinated. So it would be, I, I I'm struggling to come up with a scenario where Ohio State wouldn't be in position to play. Yeah. Um, can I give my honest opinion yes, on this sure show? Can. That, that's all of our shows. <laughs> um, so are you lying on Buckeye Kids? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, not uh, my sir. my honest opinion, and um, this is honestly what I think, and I you saw it towards the end of last year. I think there are some well-known programs around the country who figured out how to get around COVID testing. And I'm not naming names, but I think a lot of... They played in the national championship game? They did. Um, I think after seeing that towards the end of last year, there's a lot of programs across the country this year, and I think Ohio State included, who are starting to maybe operate a little bit differently with COVID protocols and starting to see, hey... These guys are fine. Hey, we saw how many guys were out last year, how many guys were out for the national championship game that had no symptoms. Are and you suggesting that letting the players do the swabs themselves may not be the most effective method to learn uh, how to – Maybe. Yeah, they might be swabbing their armpit or something, <laughs> you know. Who knows? Wait, are but, you, th- you think there was only one way they could get around? I'm yeah. saying yeah. that's 
a way that I'd heard was deployed. In, yeah, so yeah. I, well, I don't, also just I have don't the know. Same player I, take hundred tests. Yeah, you want right? to know something? I honestly do not know that. But what I think is now some programs are starting to take the testing into their own hands. Where I think when it first started, they were letting the conferences dictate the way it was done, and now some of these programs are saying, "Hey." It's us. We're the one monitoring it. We're doing it. And so I think this year, more so than last year, you're going to see COVID a lot less of an issue because of that. No, it's not going to be because that's because everyone is vaccinated. Oh. That's oh, why. That's that's oh. That is certainly a, a oh. key reason. Oh. Hey, now, how about- so now Cardell oh. decided to not be telling the truth. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's a sliding yeah. scale. It's a sliding scale. Today. Hey, Chris Olave is an All-American. Huh? Yeah, he is, right? that? Veteran out there, always making plays. Justin Ross is the other wide receiver on the All-American team, first team. It's garbage. But why? He didn't play last year, did he? No. He didn't play as well as Garrett Wilson. But I don't think he played at all. He didn't play at all. He was out with a neck injury. Didn't play at all last year. Who voted on that? What team was that? If you voted for Justin Ross, please let us know. (laughs) Because you could drop us a line. 10 other players that are – I mean, Ohio State has the two best receivers in the country. Correct. That's just, they do. Correct. That's a fact. And they play well off each other, too. So it's like they, they make each other better by being next to each other. That third guy in the slot is going to put up a lot of numbers, too. Angry. Just to talk yeah. about football before we get out of here. I like football. <laughs> Football's nice. Since you wanted to talk <laughs> about COVID protocols for some reason, hey, I, I thought we were done inter- with Well, hey, yeah. it's Monday. Yeah. We talk about <laughs> things like that on Monday. And it just was released today. Yeah. I think I think the people out there want to know. Well, the part that Cardio and Zach both alluded to, which is teams taking this into their own hands, what was not in that statement was – this is the amount of players that you need to play a game. This is the amount of times that you have to test per week. Yep. That part, they do seem to be letting teams manage that themselves and determine what risk threshold you're willing to take. Because if Ohio State got to choose to play Illinois and make sure that it could win the Big Ten Championship with just 55 guys mm-hmm. or whatever it was, I bet they would have. They would play with 22. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I they mean, they would have showed up with anyone, and the, you know, anyone on that team, and they would have played yeah. 100%. As opposed to what happened with the last week of the regular season, just Correct. That would have been a hell of a game to watch, 22. Holy crap. <laughs> it would have been fun. We'd had to have an extra timeout or something. It would have been sure. fun. But, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's why this year you're going to see a lot of less issues. Maybe towards the end of the year, you might see some stuff, and not saying this is cowardly, but some of those teams that – and I'm not making a jab at, at Michigan at all. I'm just saying towards the end of the year, some teams that might be having really bad years, you might see some of the, the seniors kind of folded in and the whole team kind of fold. Then you might see some COVID issues come up, but I, I, I don't know, man. The, the COVID's such a, such a wild card. There's teams that aren't pushing it whatsoever. You're going to find some teams that are abiding by all the rules, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, hey, listen, it's, it, 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 COVID protocols are like saying, hey, COVID protocols are, are saying like Clemson and Georgia and LSU and Alabama are following recruiting rules. Like, come on. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's like saying. <laughs> All I got to say yeah. is, man, I always thought about being a college coach at a major university. But with the landscape of college football over the last five mm-hmm. years with the transfer portal, NIL, this COVID stuff, you can't coach them as yeah. hard anymore right. and stuff like that. Right. No. You don't want to do it? You don't want to do it <laughs> no anymore? No bleep. What? <laughs> it's just process. so different, man. So it's, who do you want to so coach different. now? He wants to, to be on Letterman. <clears throat> wants to be on Letterman Row every week. That's what. No, he, he, I'm, I'm his. I'm his agent for his uh, uh, his NFL job that he wants to get. Yes, right? exactly. That, that's exactly what's going exactly. on. We're just l- releasing this to the to the world now. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta. I see AJ just tore his ACL. Call me. But anyway, like I was saying. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh man, too much. No, but I mean, it's just such. You're a not paying moment. attention to that, like, are you? Think about that. Like the the plausible <laughs> deniability that COVID gives some teams, whether they are about to go, you know, dog ate their homework, everybody's hurt, or that you know they just don't look good on film. It it sucks, right? Because it's like now I can't tell you that you did that because of this. Um, you know, also you can't discount the fact that it's it's a health safety, and you know these are protocols for a reason, and, and you know all that good stuff. But then when you get into like the competitive mode and the environment and like, okay, if I can only pretend this is the only thing that's happening in the world, it sucks because at the end of the day, you know, they may or may not have the bodies to actually fill this game and compete against us on schedule. So, it, you know, you swallow it. And then as a player, what it's like to deal with it. I mean, one thing that we would always say, now this is like built to the nth degree now. But it's just like, you know, hey, you can only control what you can control. Like do your job and your job is enough. Like, I mean, we had that crap posted everywhere but you know literally you get into that world it's it's all you can do point is most of these teams should be at least past the threshold of vaccinations and people correct correct there shouldn't be a situation where a team can't play Mm -hmm. but i I think but if you're vaccinated you still can get COVID. right but the frustrating part of about today we're not getting into that today's today's frustrating we're staying staying (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) Berm just walked us right down this road that i was but so, but the frustrating part is that there's no standards issued in today's like release. It's not like okay, yeah. as you said, there's not like a number of. This. I think that's the positive part because this, you don't know if teams are even going to be treating it the exact same way with the number of tests. Like you've changed know, my mind. We know how Ohio <laughs> State is handling it. You shouldn't have to tell them it's going to be sixty percent or seventy percent. If a team thinks yeah. that they can play, if they think that they are doing the the right things for their kids, all of these these are smart people. Like, did anybody at Alabama die? No. I'm not going to go that direction here, but not in the that's... state on the team. Oh yeah, well I don't know. Yeah, Crimson Tide, not the state of Alabama. <laughs> uh, no. You wanted me to talk about this, and we're just going to stop. Yeah. Like, if you're not vaccinated, which is only ten people on Ohio State's roster, they have to get tested twice a week. The rest of them, mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated, you're fine. Yep. You don't have to do it until you get symptoms. That's the bottom line. That's the black and white. I'm not going to talk about any of that other stuff. Evan, where's your podcast? <laughs> Man, at, I mean, so at, at the end of the day, right? It's you know we were talking about you know JT you know coming over and all those stories that we uniquely own. Um, the podcast that we're starting is just an 11 part chronological series of our championship run, right? I mean, we all made jokes about how we thought 30 for 30 needs to do a you know some yeah. kind of something around. Um, our series and, and and call us if they want to, but no. In a more serious note, like you know, we know that we uniquely own our memories, and that model is also something that scales. So in our podcast, we've hired now like nine or so team members, and you know, it's a creative studio. We are building something highly produced and selling ads behind it. And the effect of that is just athletes being empowered through ownership of their stories, financial ownership of their stories, by just being able to get in front of a microphone and talk about things from a first-person perspective that they otherwise haven't had the chance yet to. Um, and really, that's it. I mean, I could get you into a whole dissertation, but at the top line, I mean, that's that's a general understanding. And, and to know that this is only one story and it, it's not that hard to replicate more is, is really exciting for all of us. That sounds pretty familiar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know you guys know it well. <laughs> Love the idea. Love to have the former players involved because they're the experts, just like these three guys. Yep. Evan Spencer, Zach Bourne, Cardale Jones. Berm, not quite the expert. We're going to get him there, though. Some education. <laughs> I, don't Cardale's gonna no, go, I don't know nothing about nothing. Going to go drop some defenses <laughs> yeah. and explain uh-uh. all the positions Man, to him. Just so, four week later. Just so <laughs> we can get ready for uh, a week from Thursday night at Minnesota, of course, Letterman Row. We doing Urban Meyer's Pine House? Absolutely, Zach. Ooh. You know we'll be there. Tuesday be or Wednesday? going to be Tuesday night next week. So first one of those weekend oh, kickoff yeah. at Urban oh. Meyer's Pine House. Sponsored uh, by Coors Light. Crew. Coors Light is I'm back. Br- I'm breaking that news. 
Yeah, it's uh, Ooh, Silver Bullet. We've got some fancy stuff to give away for that. So wow. big week next week, Monday, Letterman Live. Be here at Roosters. Weekend kickoff is back. Zach is going to be doing Buck IQ again soon, and weekend kickoff. Yep. I don't know what how much. Oh yeah, no, you'll Evan's see me around. Be hanging you'll out. See me no. around. Cardale's going to maybe get a call. He's going to be on an NFL roster probably in a week, but we're going <laughs> right. to try and have him out no, there. I, I still need you at Urban Myers we'll Pinehouse, man. Jet. We'll guess okay. up the jet. Cardale, I know NFL a guy who knows Urban a guy. <laughs> I know. I met a guy here who knows uh, the GM of the Bills. Oh, yeah, the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see if I call him again. He call, got me drafted to the Bills, guys, by the way. Call him up, and then you know maybe bring Tyvis back out. We'll see. We're excited. Yeah. Normal in-season coverage is returning. I feel, yeah, like we're in, here. I feel like we're in mid-season form already. No, no. I, I sure. certainly can't. I can't wait. Tailgating's back this year, boys. <laughs> Can't wait. September 11th, born tailgate. Check them out. Do you have that? I'm is that going to be in competition with Burn Brothers Trash? or No, we'll just be cleaning up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know where our tailgate's at. Yeah. Burn, light. Burn, Cardale, Zach, Evan. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you next week for Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. It's a fun, casual joint. Come in tomorrow and get some uh, appetizer Tuesday, mozzarella sticks. We'll see you next week. Bye.